Welcome to the Oscar Sarsosa podcast, the place where good news, media, and music collide with a different perspective. Righteousness, sanctification, and then justification. But this week we're going to continue with sanctification, but on a personal level. I'm going to bring it down today. I'm going to I'm going to challenge you a little. I'm going to I'm going to make you think a little. I'm going to make some of you when I look at you go like this. You know? <laughs> you know those kind of messages. You know, I'm going to be saying some things that you're going to be going like, "Man, I suddenly got to go use the bathroom." <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But that's cool. You know, it's on CD, so you can get it and it'll be on the podcast soon. But the name of the message today is I have a choice. All right? I want you to turn to the person next to you and say I have a choice. I have a choice. I have a choice. That I'm saved. I'm righteous. I'm sanctified. But I do have a choice. See, that's what's beautiful about God is that he doesn't force himself on you. <laughs> he just loves you. You ever been in love? Don't raise your hand. Have you really been, really been in love? Have you ever had anybody really love you like my wife loves me and, my, and I love my wife? See, we don't force each other on each other. It's just love. It's just like the ocean currents just going down. It's like the streams of a river just flowing. It's just meant to be. See, and you and God is meant to be. You and God from the beginning of time always existed. Even when in your minds today you think, don't know why you think that, but if you think or people out there think that you would not call saved, that they don't believe that they're supposed to be with God and have a relationship with God, they are. I have a choice. And, and, the, and the term sanctification is a tough one for many people because it's probably the reason why the churches don't have, especially young people your age, are pretty not as full as we want them to be, and they're empty, is because, because people struggle with things, and they struggle especially with the thought that, that they're holy, and that they're whole, they're complete, that they're perfect, that they're beautiful, that everything in life is contained within them. That even if they never read the Bible, and I'm not saying not to read the Bible, because actually the last series I told you was very important to know God's word and study it. But even if you didn't read the Bible, already inside of you is the answers to everything you need in life. But see, the thing that we miss, the thing that we don't understand is that there's still our choices. And there's still our things that we have to decide upon. There's people that teach different things when it comes to this topic about are you still a sinner? Or when did you get, when you got saved, did you stop being a sinner? Can you fall back? Can you be one day here on the top of the mountain, but then the next month be down in the valley? See, this is the truth. You have a new creation. You are a new creature. And now you no longer live like what you used to be, which was dead spiritually, but now you are spiritually alive. And sanctification is a thing that young people struggle with, even adults struggle with understanding, because they can't understand that if they still get bad thoughts, 
If somebody cuts them off on the highway and they get upset, or if their wife doesn't listen to everything that they say, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not saying, I'm not testifying, but, you know, if my kids don't listen to everything that I say, or if I got some visitors over in my house and are eating all my food almost, you know, I'm just saying, these are stories that I've heard that there's choices that we have to make. See, Christians don't sin anymore. We don't. Because it's not in our nature. It's not what we want to do. But there's a little problem, though. And it's that when you got saved, your spirit was born again, was born from above, but you're still carrying this old weight on you. There's still memories of the past, things that you went through. A lot of times, even us, the older folks, we catch ourselves saying things sometimes that we say, bro, what, what am I saying? That's not what my spirit says. That's what my experiences say. See, and we don't live by emotion or experiences. We live by every living word that comes from the word of, from the mouth of God is the Bible. See, and even though we're born again, there's a lot of choices out there and things that happen. Let me ask you a question. And you don't have to raise your hand, but... Can you still be tempted even though you're a Christian? Can you still be tempted even though you're a singer on the altar behind a piano or you're helping in the back with the, with the sound system or putting up the verses for the preacher? Can, can, can you still have temptations? Can you go through stuff? Can they be presented to you? Or no, that doesn't happen to me because... I'll sanctify. See, there's an answer to that question. And we're going to look in Scripture to see what the Bible says. The first place I want to go is James chapter 1, verse 12. And I want to start there. James chapter 1, verse 12. Remember in the Amplified Version? It's the one we want to use. And let's see what it says here. Blessed, happy to be envied is the man who is patient under trial and stands up under temptation. For when he has stood the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. By just reading what we see here up on the screen in verse 12, it comes to our understanding that a believer will and can be tempted. Now, the mistake is when we start teaching that God sends the temptation or that God sends the trial to see if you approve yourself to him worthy. That is a blatant lie. You are approved. You are worthy. Why? Because you're his son. Israel, my son, does not have to do anything to approve himself as my son. He is my son, whether he listens or he does not, whether he pays attention, does not, whether he acts like me or doesn't act like me, he's still my son. But as he grows growing and his maturity, maturity level goes higher, I guarantee you, he's going to be a splitting image of me walking here on earth. And he already is. He's just younger. 
you know, his skin is still smooth. <laughs> He's a good-looking kid, you know? But you don't have to prove anything to God. So why do temptations come? Why do things come? Why do situations in my school happen? Why do even, you know, let's be real. On the social networks, you know, you guys, we used to have to go look for stuff. <laughs> we used to hide stuff in abandoned houses and go, you know, when mom and dad were, you guys, you could do it in the backseat of the church and nobody will ever know. The access and the things to things that you have the ability. Technology is great. It's awesome. But if not handled correctly, it could be the beginning of destruction in your life. Because, see, God gives us things so that we may use it for the better of manhood, to improve our lifestyles, to reach really more people for Jesus Christ. Like I always use an example, back in my day, we had beepers. It was hard to invite your friends to church with a beeper. <laughs> four, two, three. That's what it used to be. Four, two, three. That's it. Call me now. Or 9-11. Or 8-11. It's not that serious, but hurry up and call me. You know, that's all we could. Now, you guys write books. You guys got blogs. You guys got websites, some of you. And you can just do what you want. A man that is tempted, that goes through a trial, but that conquers it, is a blessed man already. You know why? Because that's just who he is. I want us to go to Hebrews chapter 4. And I, um, I believe it's verse 14 and 15. Hebrews 4, 14 and 15. We're going to come back to this scripture, but let's go read that first. Because just in case if you have a doubt that you can be tempted, because some people teach that there are no temptations. There are temptations, but there are also choices. The difference is the choice of a man of God or a woman of God, a born-again person. They make the right choice. That's the difference. Temptations are out there. You can't close your eyes to them. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. But the decisions you make is what makes your life. Look what it says here. And as much that as we have a great high priest who has already ascended and passed through the heavens, talking about Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession of faith in him. Next verse. For we do not have a, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities and liability to those salts of temptation, but one who has been tempted in every respect as we are yet without sinning. So if Jesus, the high priest of our confession, you know, you know why Jesus died on the cross for us? You know why God the Father sent his only begotten son into the earth to die for us? So that he could pay the price that we could not bear. So that he could carry the sin and the load of the world, of the Adamic nature of where Adam and Eve left on us from sinning, and he was the only one that could live it, die with it, but then rise again. See, men before him tried to fulfill the law, but then they died, and they never rose again. 
See, the curse of the law killed them, but they didn't defeat the curse of the law like Jesus Christ did. Jesus went through what he went through, guys, because he understands what you go through in high school. He sees what you go through in junior high. He knows, and if he had a physical Twitter account and a real Facebook, I guarantee you he had more friends than anybody. Not even Lady Gaga has anything on him and Justin Bieber for the rest of you undercover guys. But he would have more and he has more than 18 million followers. He has billions and billions of followers. Men and women that have passed by and men and women that will come. Because Jesus understands what it is to walk in your hallway. Jesus understands what it is for sickness to lay on his body. Jesus understood what it was to see a woman but say, no. To see a guy and say, no, also. To see money that was not his and say, no, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. When he had all the right, according to our standards, to do whatever the heck he wanted to do because he was God. That one day when one dude, before they took him to the cross, says, do you know who I am? Do you know that your life depends on me? He said, wait a minute. <laughs> no, only God the Father. I give it up and I lay it down. See, because the only one that has true power and also went through what we went through is Jesus Christ. Now I ask you this. Can a Christian face temptation daily? You ain't got to raise your hand. Some of you want to raise one hand, two hands, your foot, left foot, and your right foot. Say, every single day of my life. But see, the difference though, we are co-heirs with Jesus Christ and we're just like him. So we make the same decisions that he makes. Take me back to James uh, chapter 1, verse 12, and I want to read all the way to verse 17. All right, be patient with me here as we read, but I just want to go through scripture here before we continue. Because this is something that applies to our lives today. James 1, verse 12, and we're going to read through verse 17. Blessed, happy to be envied is the man who is patient under trial and stands up under a temptation. For when he has stood the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Verse 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted from God. For God is incapable of being tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. Verse 14. But every person is tempted when he is drawn away, enticed, and baited by his own evil desire, lust, passions. Verse 15. Then the evil desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully matured, brings forth death. Verse 16. Do not be misled, my beloved brethren. And then verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect, free, large, full gift is from above, it comes down from the Father of all that, the, that gives light in the shining of whom there can be no variation rising or setting or shadow cast by his turning or as in an eclipse. 
In other words, God does not tempt you. God does not put that pretty girl in your face to see how you handle it. He doesn't put that hot guy in front of you to see how you handle it. He doesn't put that money in your face to see if you take it or not or if they give you a free soda at the drive-thru to see will you give it back or will you take it and say, praise the Lord. <laughs> he does not do those things. Those are things that are brought upon life because of life itself. People, people make mistakes. People make choices. But the thing about us Christians, you that are here tonight, is that the choices that you make are a reflection of whose you are. The choices that you make are a reflection of whose you are. You know why Jesus, though he was tempted, did not fall? Though he was tempted, did not give in? Because he had the nature of his father. See, temptation will come. Things will come. Because I, I guarantee you, there's an enemy out there. There's a devil out there that is not happy seeing you happy. That is not satisfied seeing you here tonight in church. There's an enemy out there that wants to see you struggle like the majority of people do. See, have you ever heard this before? Nah, it's too good to be true. Nobody's that perfect. Especially those Christian guys. There's people betting money. Something's going to happen. They're just waiting. They're hoping. They're excited. When a minister falls, when something happens, everybody finds out about it. Why? Because it's just the nature of dead people. Dead people like to be with dead folks. But living people like to be with God. See, people that are alive, people that might go through things and go to school with you and do things with you, people like you guys that go through everyday life, though temptations come, we've already conquered them. See, God has forgiven the sins of the past, the present, and the future. God loves you so much that if you left this room here tonight, even hearing what we're talking about, and went out there and did not act like you're supposed to act like a son of God and you for some reason forgot who you are because you are like Israel is my son, but he forgets sometimes that my son does not act. That. No, I'm kidding. You know, but we have an identity crisis. We don't have like what the name of the series is, knowing who we are. That's why I named this series, I Know Who I Am. I know where I, I stand as a believer, as a spiritual being from God the Father, I'm a son. Remember what I said a couple weeks ago? Kings don't hang out with peasants. Peasants beg, kings rule. If you would like to learn more about this podcast, visit us at www.oncealiens.com. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast on iTunes, YouTube, or SoundCloud. This podcast has been brought to you by Once Aliens. We're never done. We're always believing. We're always creating. We get better every day.